Hello, and welcome to In Another World, a podcast about pop culture, boys, divas, and just joy. What's bringing us joy this week? Hi, I'm your host, Zachary Landolt, and I'm so excited to get things going. I've pretty much always wanted a show where I could fangirl out about things, because what's pretty much what I spend my life doing. A little bit about me. I love bad reality TV, good films, cute boys, and the color pink. So, every episode will be released on Wednesday, which of course is also hump day. So it just got me thinking, who is my crush of the week? Now, Crush of the Week, it's an interesting one right now, because of course in quarantine, lots of time to watch bad TV, which of course means watching marathons of America's Next Top Model. And watching America's Next Top Model, especially the vintage seasons, does mean highlighting the hotness that was J. Manuel for me as a little gay boy watching the Oxygen Channel on Saturday. You know, the outfits he wears are usually not bright, but the face and body always are. So today we are getting into what I'm going to be calling the Fangirl series, which is where me and some friends just gab about some fabulous performer, and I thought, why not start with someone that I literally have a lot of information about, meaning I have 18 of her albums, I have 10 of her movies, I have her concerts, I have her television specials, I am an obsessed homosexual. I'm, of course, talking about the diva of song film. She's a director. She's a producer. She's an activist. She cares about the world. I am talking about... My name is Barbara. Barbara Streisand. And here to talk about her today is one of my best friends in the world, Samantha LeBrock. And we got into a little exploration into the career of Barbara Streisand. And I must warn you, we did talk a little longer than I meant to. In the future, things will be shorter. But you know what? Why not start with a grand bash? And why not get things going and head to that conversation? Let's go! How exciting. First episode. You're the first I know. here to get into it. Yeah, here to here to get get into it. And into I have to say, like, yeah, I I was wildly uneducated in Barbara and like oh, wow. realized just like how truly, truly dumb I was to like <laughs> her power and her greatness. And I'm really thankful that you have opened my eyes through a series of movies and clips and trailers that I've been watching. Well, you know, if you can even tell one person about Barbara Streisand's filmography, then you've made a difference in the world. So wow, absolutely. Your, my pleasure. 
<laughs> so uh what what this is a film and pop culture podcast what what's the pop culture that's been in your life like lately in this quarantine life we're living uh that's where well, we're at i'm a big podcast listener and so there's a podcast it's new they just released their second episode um it's called waiting for reparations and Ooh. it's hosted by two musicians dope knife and lingua franca lingua franca also mariah parker who is the city uh county commissioner in athens georgia oh, wow. and um so so personal um the last episode uh that came out today it talks about uh, it's called the wiretap rappers and, or the wiretap raps, excuse me. And it's about the FBI's involvement with musician, black musicians and black political figures and black leaders and how that's all inter- interconnected from like the sixties and seventies to today. Definitely recommend. Ooh. Well, I'm always down for a new pod. Well, you know, making another one, adding another one to the pile. <laughs> Um, well, so of course, say we're talking about Barbara Streisand. Uh, so when you when you think of Barbara Streisand, what do you, what do you think of in terms of her as a as a figure in the entertainment industry? I, d- I think iconic diva. Like yeah. I was definitely more aware of her like persona as this like larger than life grandiose figure. Um, and I think that's actually because I wasn't introduced to her movies first. I saw her as a caricature on South Park. And so that was like how, like my very first moment. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, because I loved South Park when, and I mean, I was like young too. Like this is probably when I was in elementary school or middle school. So that was like my first. I still watch South Park sometimes. It's been a it's been a while. <laughs> um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, but that in particular, that and so that's kind of how I got my first awareness of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't. Yeah, I remember. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I will stop. <laughs> I was gonna say it wasn't until high school that I saw Funny Girl, and obviously that was a pivotal oh. moment for me. So was that the first thing you saw her in, as far as movies? I. Th- think so it was mine well I have a similar thing I was in high school and my friend Kaysen Menendez was I was at her house hanging out and she was like oh you know Barbara Streisand and she's like oh you know the movie she won her Oscar for funny girl at this point I'm like a pretty big film nerd like pretentious you know little film nerd <laughs> in high school and I and I I I knew she was in movies I knew like meet the Fockers um and maybe that's the first thing I ever saw her in, actually. It might be Meet the Fockers. But I didn't register it. It was, it was even Barbara Streisand, because I wasn't into Barbara Streisand. And then I saw Funny Girl, and of course, like, wow. It was like, it blew my gay brain off my body. Like, I just could not, like, contain myself. People. People who need people. And you know, I'm another. I just, I just knew Yentl. Like I didn't. <laughs> I just, I don't know if I was just born knowing about Yentl um, as like a young Jewish girl. But 
uh, I just, I re- well, I remember seeing it on one of those VH1 recap shows of oh. I love the 80s or I love the 70s. She was present on those. And so oh, yeah. I had like little clips of knowledge about about her from there. And, and so I did, I just, it was one of those things where I just had collected this knowledge about her before I actually sat down and watched one of her movies. Yeah. Well, I think for our generation, she's kind of an interesting figure because a lot of her film, like when she was a mega star was before she was, before we were born. So like, cause. Oh yeah. She was a star. Yeah. Like in a way that I think people don't fully comprehend now, but like at her peak, she was like one of the biggest movie stars in Hollywood. Like she was like the it girl. It was mainly like, what do we do with her? Like we could do so many things with her. And I think I go, we'll be obviously of course, be going through her career, but I think that's what I find the most. I feel like a lot of it was her going, I don't know. Uh, I want to do this, but I guess I'll do this. And it's just like lots of interesting <laughs> choices. So um, we're, I'm, of course, we're not going to sit here and go through every single film she ever appeared in because this podcast would be, I don't even know. Full disclosure, I had to re-record this section because the audio was damaged. You know, just keeping it real. So we are going to start with Funny Girl from 1968, directed by William Wyler. And Samantha, I have to ask, what did you think of Funny Girl the first time you saw it? Oh, I just, I thought it was everything. I felt like I was seeing myself on the screen. Like, I identified as, like, a funny girl. And I was just, like... It was one of those times where you're like, oh, okay, here I am. Like, it hasn't been, like, you know, it's me. No, I just, it was such um, uh, a wonderfully funny character that's, like, really endearing. And um, just, also, I love the music in it. Just, like, everything about, like, the theatricality of the music in it and big costumes and anything that goes behind the scenes in theater I love yeah well I remember the first time I saw it like you know I had a a gay gasm just watching it but I remember just thinking I had never this I mean I don't know at this time this was a very true statement I had never seen someone more talented in a movie like it was like she's so funny but then she's also like mm-hmm. really good in her dramatic scenes and she was such an amazing singer and I think I'd never even fully listened to her singing voice like at least not her singing voice in her prime like I, I had listened to like Barbara in the 90s or like 2000s Barbara like older Barbara but hearing her mm-hmm. like 20 you know six I think at that point around that age and just you know in her prime it like blew my mind it was and thinking and the thing that my friend kept telling me and I just could not stop thinking about it which like this was her first movie like this was her film debut like this and it, it just crazy yeah insanity it's wild I mean especially it's just um having such a big personality and being as emotive and as she is like that's so difficult to channel down for film yeah and the and also in on top of all that she of course was you know reprising her role from broadway and so usually mm-hmm. broadway people do not transfer that great to film it's it's a more it's a tough one, one. yeah and she and, it, and she just works in a way that it shouldn't work because she 
she's grounded, but she's not grounded. Like she never loses sight of it being such a theatrical character, but somehow it never reads like she's chewing the scenery or something. It's, it's, it's just, it, I mean, here's the thing. It's such a definitive performance that there really hasn't been a serious revival of funny girl, like ever, like it not real. I mean, there was that one a couple years ago in London, but they, they've never revived it on Broadway at this point. And that's like, you know, you're good. When no one wants to touch, when <laughs> nobody wants to. No touch one this. wants to touch that part. So, and just well, so, God, I could talk about this all day. Um, but like, what's what's your favorite song? Like, what would you say is your favorite? Like the scene you think of when you think of Funny Girl. Oh, it's Funny Girl. I mean, mm. did you hear that? Funny. Yeah, the guy said, honey, you're a funny girl, that's me, I just keep them in stitches, doubled in half, and though I may be Just, I, I don't know, the, um, the tenderness of that song, I guess, is kind of my favorite part. Like, the the through line is so simple in the melody Ooh. that it's just very dramatic in its nature. Just those kind of lilting two-word phrases, two-note phrases, two-syllable phrases. Two-syllable um, phrases two syllable phrases that's just like that's it and like that's all you get um vocally to to express it i don't i just yeah to me that's uh just like a peak it's a shower song for me it's one of the songs i sing in the shower see okay okay (laughs) so of course i think if i had to pick a number mine would probably be uh don't rain my parade just because that's okay but the scene I was the most obsessed with that I, I must have um, listened to a million times was, do you remember when she finally gets the job in the theater at the beginning of the movie and they do the roller skate rag number where she fucks, <laughs> she fucks up the number? And I remember thinking, I've never seen something funnier than this. I don't know. It would just tickle me. It, it tickled my pickle. And <laughs> I would watch that scene over and over and over again. And and then it became a thing of um, uh, for the for the people you know just getting to know us the the listeners. I am definitely a repeat viewer person. Like I, I will rewatch a movie many times. It's just I've always been that way. And I would just start becoming that person. Have you seen Funny Girl? You haven't seen Funny Girl. Well, we should watch Funny Girl. And I must have shown that to so many people. Such an obnoxious homo playing that damn movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just, oh, just the comedy. Just like her, she's such a master comedian. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah, she just—I mean, it's a mixture of knowing how to really use her eyes and just the way the way she speaks. Like she she acts with her consonants, you know. Oh, I mean, <laughs> like, she acts in her hands. Yeah, 
yeah, it's a oh, she's a hand. Oh, we'll actress. talk about some hand. Oh, we will oh, yeah, talk we got, about some uh, hand. She acting. gets really gets hands heavy in some other movies. Um, Oh yeah. Well, okay. So the other big thing with this podcast is, of course, we uh, we like to celebrate the performer, but I also just find it really fascinating roles that people turn down or like, like like pieces in someone's career puzzle. Like, why did they do that? Why didn't they do that? You know. So after Funny Girl, of course, she was like the it girl in Hollywood. She of course won an Oscar, tying with. Tying with Katherine Hepburn on her first movie. Like, I mean, that's, that's pretty, like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I feel like her next couple movies after that were pretty, like, standard. Like, okay, I, I, I get where you're going. She did Hello, Dolly, even though she was far too young. But, you know, it's another <laughs> musical. You know, she did it on a clear day. You can see forever. Another musical. And so I feel like Hollywood was like, oh, you do musicals. So you'll just do a million musicals and then you won't work anymore. Um, and it was, you know, <laughs> what else will we do with you? <laughs> go outside your time. And then you'll go away. And then you'll go away. We'll say, how nice have we let that strange Jewish girl into Hollywood for five years? Um, you know, and I'm <laughs> sure they were like, that might be it. But she, but like, okay, so in that period after after Funny Girl, like, going into, like, the next few years, she notably turned down or was in consideration for roles in They Shoot Horses, Don't They, Clute, which are both uh, Jane Fonda vehicles, interesting enough. And then she also, the one I find the most fascinating, she um, was very heavily considered, I think she was even just, like, straight up offered the play The Mom in The Exorcist. That Ellen Burke could end up. This, this <laughs> is wild to me. <laughs> okay, I was like, that can't, that can't be right. And then I looked it up, and no, she Somebody was like friends with the director William Friedkin, and I think he was like, oh, she'd be so good. And she's supposed to be like a movie star, like the mom in the movie. So I think, like, oh, she has like that it movie star thing. But here's what I find most fascinating: the mom in The Exorcist. The a big plot point of the movie is that they're a heavily like Catholic family, like very very <laughs> Catholic family, and it's like the mom goes away from her Catholic roots as a young Catholic girl in Catholic school, and I'm like, I mean, n- not saying anything negative, but you don't get someone more Jewish than Barbara Streisand. No, she it is intrinsic to her character. It is one of my favorite things about her. Like she just like embodies Judaism and like doesn't separate herself from it in any way. Uh, I was talking to my mom about this. She feels a similar way about Natalie Portman. Um, Just like very i know i was like well i don't know about that and she was like no just like proud proud jewish women and i was like yeah but like with barbara it's like she brings a tone with her that like she's just got such like a pop to her that i it's such like an intrinsic part of her and what she brings to a character i don't think you can separate that and i think it would completely (laughs) change the tone of the movie all i can think of is like (laughs) It's like the daughter's head spinning around and her be like, oh my God. <laughs> doctor, doctor. <laughs> Just like, like, I can't imagine her in the exercise. And I like to think that's why she turned it down. She was like, um, I don't think I'm appropriate for that part. Can you imagine like a world where she was the mom in the exercise? If it was like Barbara Streisand, 
Linda Blair, The Exorcist. <laughs> like, like, wow, mm-hmm. that's like cuckoo, cuckoo. Um, okay, so next, the next big one, of course, is The Way We Were from 1973, director Sidney Pollack. Oh, wow. So, uh, so I mean, to me, this is like the gold standard in terms of like the uh, other than Funny Girl. I guess people want to say, well, Funny Girl, but I think it's the best film role mm-hmm. she ever got, other than Funny Girl. I think it was just, it's such a good script, mm-hmm. and. and it was like, you know, her and Robert, you know, Redford should not have made any sense that, together, but my God. No, I was, when I was, I was like, really? And then watching it, their chemistry is absolutely insane. World I'm just standing up for something I believe in. Doesn't it make you angry listening to Bissinger ridicule those men? Calling them martyrs just because they have guts, which he doesn't? To fight for their principles, to fight for their Bill of Rights, his Bill of Rights, and yours. Bill of Rights? What Bill of Rights? We don't have any Bill of Rights. We don't have free speech in this country. We never will have. We never will if people aren't willing to take a stand for what's right. We never will have because people are scared. This isn't college. This is grown-up politics, Katie. And it's stupid and dangerous. What are you telling me to do, sit by and shut up just because it's dangerous? I'm telling you it's a waste. That's what I'm telling you, and that those men and their families are only going to get hurt, and that nothing is going to change. Nothing. And after jail, after five or six years of bad blood, when it's practical for some fascist producer to hire some communist writer to save his ass because his hit movie's in trouble, he'll do it. They'll both do it. They'll make movies. They'll have dinner. They'll play tennis. They'll make passes at each other's wives. Now, what in the hell did anybody ever go to jail for? For what? A political spat? Hubble, you are telling me to close my eyes and to watch people being destroyed so that you can go on working. Working in a town that doesn't have spine enough to stand up for anything but making a blessed buck. I'm telling you that people, people are more important than any goddamn witch hunt. You and me. Not causes, not principles. Hubble, people are their principles. Yeah. Like, elect, elect, <laughs> like, you would think, like, so they must have had an affair, yes? And you find out, no, no affair. Didn't happen. But he's, oh. That itch mm, of- mm, He's so handsome. Yeah, I mean, okay, so when she sees him at the bar <laughs> and she sits down in front of him and she extends these red nails, first of all, obsessed with the nails. Yeah. They elongate the hand, they're gorgeous, they look like a shiny poison apple. <laughs> but she like That's so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> her fingers are like loose and stiff at the same time and she like sweeps his hair with like her middle finger yeah. but then like doesn't yeah. like it's almost like just the wind of her fingers <laughs> like touch her hair and she decides not to and it is so yeah you see her like and so slow. Like, let's remember, they are in a crowded, crowded bustling bar where a fight almost broke out. And this woman is slow motion, and reaching her hand asleep. out to this sleeping man's face, so fast asleep, <laughs> so asleep. Well, and then, it, of course, it cuts into uh, the way we were, her singing the way we were. Oh, and then yes. we just- it just also, I'm like, this is the origins of... Julio Torres's school for hand oh, acting. I, like this. There's is no way. Such... Yeah, she has to be a piece of that puzzle. I just, I can't think. I, this is such like <laughs> it's, it's pure. 
it's pure hand choreography. And I know, I mean, the direction of it. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm just like, like, that's a bold choice. We also, we don't really know their relationship yet. So it's like, what is happening right now? Well, I love the entire first, like, chunk of the movie is just like her being like, remember college and then then we get them as college students which we'll just accept it it's fine (laughs) they did not we go with they looked like you know 21 going on 41 like nobody looks like college students Um, don't ask any questions the worst one even because Robert Redford I'm like okay maybe they're grad students like maybe they're grad students like uh, maybe I can go get this but his friend just looks like 45 the whole movie don't get me started on the worst fucking uh, friend uh, that has ever uh, been. He is uh, awful. His squad was just like, oh, good, good Gross. Absolutely gross. They're so mean uh, to her the whole movie. And then all of a sudden he's on a boat and he's like, Barbara's cool. No. You don't get someone no. like Katie very often. I'm like, oh, you mean the one who you... <laughs> Like, like psychologically tortured for 20 years oh well see the scene i love is when um the president dies and they're all at their friend's apartment and they're making gross jokes and then she like pops off on them like i was like i was into it it was it was that that was like yes pop off tell them off sis that's what we want no one, I mean, these people have been so awful, so awful. Like, I will take Katie and her communist coworkers like any day. Like, that's oh. great. Um, yeah, and then, okay, so, oh, well, so funny, like, film, film trivia. Apparently, during the making of the movie, uh, Robert Redford and Barbara Streisand both requested to watch their dailies with the director, like, by themselves. Like, they didn't want to watch it with, like, everyone else like can I just watch it alone and both of them would be saying to Sidney Pollock like oh god they're so good in the scene but I'm just terrible like Barbara Streisand would be like Robert Redford is so like effortlessly perfect I'm coming off like I'm just like so over the top and he would be like look at her she's like magnetic but I'm just like I'm, I'm dull like this isn't working and so <laughs> I feel like they just had such admiration for each other's talent in a, in a, a specific way it's because I'm not attractive enough, isn't it? I'm not fishing, really. I'm not. I know I'm attractive. Sort of. But I'm not attractive in the I'm not attractive in the right way. Am I? I mean, I don't have the right style for you, do I? Be my friend. No. You don't have the right style. And she's just so, like, 
And you get the whole like hair journey, the whole journey of Barbara's hair. Oh, we, we have four acts. <laughs> we have four acts. And I guess, um, <laughs> well, the first act is our, is our introduction before the flashback, um, yeah. where we've got this straight number, where she's kind of conformed herself to a societal a big, standard a of swoop. beauty. A big swoop. Big swoop. Um, but very um, iron your hair out. And then... We flash back to the perfect curly quaff from college, oh, uh, where she oh, is tortured oh, uh, by fellow students. Oh. Um, then we jump forward again, and we've got more of a long swishy thing Cali- going on. We get the California the- swoop, which is like a long. Oh right, swoop. the California swa- longer swoosh, maybe a scarf, oh. and then finally. Back at it with the curls, baby. Short curly Taking hair. Back her up. And she has those mm-hmm. brown mm-hmm. leather gloves on in the last scene of the movie. What? Oh, yeah. They take away the nails. Yeah. I was like, you know, she still had those nails on under those gloves, and she did not want to have them taken off. And so she was like, this will be gloves. Well, you know, if you and want I, I kind of like it. It kind of like grounds the scene. But oh. not too, like, too well, and also from the from the red, red, red to that brown neutral tone. It's all, it's all very different. But uh, so that very interestingly enough, that movie ends at the plaza. And then I pretty soon after watched barefoot in the park (laughs) with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda starts at the plaza, Uh (laughs) which was very strange, but Wow, if you want to get a sense of a difference in chemistries, whew, I was rooting for them to get divorced at the end of the park, I'm going to be honest. I was like, I was like, this ain't it, girl. This ain't it. Well, but I think yeah. that also has to deal with uh, Neil Simon. Neil Simon. And also, <laughs> like, it just shows it's not always about, like, talent and talent. Because, I mean, Jane Fonda, my mm-hmm. God, it's such a talented actress. But something about her and Redford, like, uh, and maybe there's not, not you know, and and granted, I'm slightly, I guess we're in the minority. There are some people that love those two together. I'm just not, I'm not a, a part of that camp at all. Yeah, no, and what it was just for me, it was watching them back to back. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was really just like, poof. man. Okay, so at that point, if you're like Barbara Streisand and you've done The Way We Were, uh, you know, you get Oscar nominated. Like, where, what, I don't know, like, where would you have gone if you are at her at that point? Like, and she always said, like, I want to be a serious actress. Like, what would you have, like, where would you have wanted to see her career go at that point? I mean, I think that she went in the right direction for her because I think she made these, like, grand romances oh that we don't really see as much today that aren't necessarily, I mean, they've got a little bit of comedy in them, but they're just like really fabulous love stories that I think when you look back on them now are quite serious. And I think maybe we're starting to get a little bit closer to that, like with um, the movie like Crazy Rich Asians, where I think, you know, it's very funny, but it's also deeply a love story. Uh, well, it's you know, old school I, I, melodramas too. Like you know, they don't make like a yeah. melodrama anymore. Like the way we, mm-hmm. like the last movie I can think of that's sort of like the way we were is maybe, like, like, I, ugh, God, do I want to say the Notebook? Not the Notebook, but like, 
You don't want to say it, but you're going to say I it. I said it. <laughs> like, I mean, but really, I mean, it wasn't as like, I mean, because, you know, the way we were was like, you know, an Oscar winning film and stuff. It was a little, a little more uh, taken serious. So after the way we were, uh, at this point, she at that after that she was considered for or was offered roles in here we go, Freaky Friday, <laughs> yeah, uh, Julia in the role that Jane Fonda played, another Jane Fonda role. Um, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Another Ellen Burstyn role. Uh, Ellen Burstyn was also also the exorcist. And then I don't this last one, I it said I was doing research and this came up. But I just feel like this. I don't know how how seriously in contention she was for this role. It says she was considered for the lead role in King Kong, as the girl, not, I mean, not King Kong, the girl. We fam- famously Meryl Streep was told she was too ugly for King Kong. Like yeah. so, I don't know. I could see them being called in around the same Gosh. around the same time. I, I guess, think that makes. Maybe. But my, but oh god, can you, can you imagine King Kong with Barbara Streisand? Like, like King? Uh, no, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> let's let's don't and say we did. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Like her, like chains to a rock. Like, oh my god, <laughs> just like, like I, I would die. I that that's too much. I can't do with that. Um. So next big thing was um, her version of A Star is Born in 1976, oh. directed by Frank Pearson. Uh, it uh, should be said it has a uh, 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. How dare they? My mother disagrees. Another update from my mother. She says this is the ultimate Barbara movie. As a 65 year old Jewish woman and she's of uh, she goes she yeah this is she was raised on this mm. so that her on record would like it known that um it's a star is born well and, and she she thinks it's above the gaga oh I do not agree with that <laughs> I'm a Barbara <laughs> I, Stan but my god I, I could barely watch this um well you know what it is it's funny because it it's not, it was not a critical success. Like, people were kind of like, this is, this is fine, I suppose. But she did, like, she won a Golden Globe for it. It made a bunch of money. She won an Oscar for writing a song for the movie. Very, very Gaga won an Oscar for writing a song. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. But it's just, and you know what it is? It's probably just that I am not really big into, like, 70s rock. It's just not something that, that, is my thing and it's all about the world of 70s rock that's where they framed the movie this time yeah and you know i am very much i very much love 70s 60s and 70s rock. so i am more of the target i think that makes me exactly the target audience so have you have you seen (laughs) have you seen this one or have you have you not seen it just clips just clips okay maybe you should watch it at some point you might enjoy it you might love it actually you might be like this is great (laughs) 
<laughs> everyone's wrong and trash. Oh, oh. Um, but actually, no, going back, I would say that um, A Star is Born, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper would be like the closest thing to a melodrama. Yeah, I would say A Star is Born is probably the closest, the newest A Star is Born is probably the closest thing to an old school, yeah, melodrama. Well, so from cl- from yeah. clips, what 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 feeling what what feelings did you have about this from just like giving it a glance over? Well, I have to say, from clips, I was still more partial to uh, the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, or or to Judy. Yeah, well, Judy, Judy, Judy is still my favorite. I, I think Judy yeah. is just like a perfect a perfect movie. Uh, well, not perfect movie, mm-hmm. but like it, it's it's pretty great. Um, I did like the Gaga. A lot of people try to go back on the Gaga now and say it's not that great. I still think it's a very good movie. Oh, I remember being wrecked oh in that movie theater. So before together. that, I hadn't seen any of them. Yeah, and I like I like heavy, ugly sobs. Oh, you like, sobbed. Oh my god. Uh-huh. I don't cry in front of people, but I was just like, whatever, crying's happening. I can't stop it. <laughs> this can't be stopped. We stop it. <laughs> we can't stop it. Yeah, so A Star is Born, it really weird, weird movie. And apparently it was not the smoothest production. Um, I, I, I was doing research on it. Apparently she really butted heads with the director because I think at this point, so Barbara Streisand, um, we'll get into her next movie soon, but she very much was getting interested into wanting to direct. I feel like this was the first time she was sort of given control. Uh, but I think uh, the guy who was the director was kind of like, yo, 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 you know, I am directing this movie. You are just the actress <laughs> of this movie. But she was also a producer. And apparently, at one point, the director, like, left. Like, he, I don't know if he was fired or if he quit or what, but then she directed several scenes in the movie. Like, it, it was it was all of it. And if you look in the credits of the movie, I'm not kidding, when it gets to, um, there's a credit where it says, Barbara Streisand's clothes. And then it says, dot, 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 from her own closet. <laughs> it's just her clothes. Like, she, she wore her own clothes in the movie and she really wanted the audience to know that and that, that oh which just reeks of of you know i don't even know well lots of control issues but you know it is what it is and so it doesn't shock me that the movie feels very uneven because it 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 sounds like it was an uneven production uh to, to say the least is all i can say so the next one is like the um very very big moment for her uh, was Yentl, 1983, directed by Barbara Streisand. Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you see me? Papa, can you find me in the night? Papa, are you near me? Can you hear me? Papa, can you help me not be frightened? Uh, this was a movie she had been trying to make for like well over 10 years. Like she she had first uh, read the short story, I think when she was maybe even in Funny Girl on Broadway. Like it had been like a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, because uh, when she first made it, like apparently I think in the short story... 
it's supposed to be like 17, like 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 pretty young. She was like, "Oh, well, we'll just make her be in her 20s and it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be okay. I, I can play that." And then by the time they made it in 1983, she was you know, I think she had just turned 40. Wow. Now that being said, really? now that being said, I think if you look at the movie, she doesn't read 40. Like I definitely wasn't like, "Why is this 40-year-old woman playing this part?" But, uh, you know, that that skin, she has that skin. That that's mm-hmm. my god. <laughs> my god but this was like her moment she got to help write it she got to direct it she produced it she starred in it she sings all the songs in. like it's a musical but she sings every song in this it, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. her it's her um i think it's a great movie i think it, it actually holds up oh yeah uh that scene the revelation scene i mean how could you do such a thing? It was your idea! Why? This? Why do we... Yes! Why? Come on. You're a man. Come on. Why? You're a man. Answer me like a man. I want to know why. Why? 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 Why did you tell me you were a woman? I was afraid. Of what? Of this. Of exactly this. So you lied to me. You lied to a doss. Things I told you. Things I wouldn't even tell a wife. I'm glad you told me. What kind of a creature are you? Just a woman. It's not good enough. I want the answer. Tell me the answer. Why? 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 Just another example of great chemistry with her and Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. Wow. It's, it's, I mean, the energy of going around the room and it's like. And he gets so, uh, he gets so angry. That moment when he's questioning her, why did you do it? Why did you do it? It almost feels like Socratic method of like asking questions yes to until until it's answered like he knows the answer and he wants to hear the answer and that's why he's like asking and asking because like you're never like scared for her i don't like it's just like a very passionate passionate scene like that point it's like i feel like that was the answer he was looking for well and i saw a behind the scenes clip from that scene and i don't know the exact way but it seems like she did almost like they just repeated that scene over and over, and then she hit. The, she finally like called action, and so he had been like, she had worked him up. She like, um, like she kept like cutting him off so he would get like more agitated, and then finally she's like action, and then like so I think that's what you're saying. Mm. That Barbara, she's a smart cookie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, my favorite scene is the ending when she does a piece of sky on the the boat heading to America. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like that's that's iconic, iconic. Yeah. And she uh, she won a Golden Globe for she was the first uh, woman to win Best Director at the Golden Globes for directing Angel. Wow. It was like a huge deal. She was not nominated. Yeah. She was not nominated for the directing Oscar, though. So, you know. Uh, are we surprised? No. We're not. No. Well, we'll get into more of that later. We are. Yeah. And it was kind of weird. I feel like with her, I mean, you'll, you know what I'm talking about. I think women that have the audacity to try to have power in Hollywood, they're just treated like a pariah. And I think there were a lot of men that were just thinking, who does she think she is? Oh, so now she wants to direct movies too, like which she doesn't have enough. Like I think there was there was a lot of resentment towards that with her. Um, I think people thought, like, what, oh, oh, now she wants to be a director as well. Like, okay, okay. 
she hasn't directed that many movies, but I mean, her first few movies were pretty good. Like, like I wish she could have done more. What was there a reason that she didn't keep on directing? Besides, I mean, I think part of it was just she's such a perfectionist. I think she's always just so it's because she talks about how much time making a movie you know takes like it just takes up automatically like a few years of your life but I think I mean I think there was part of her that might have felt a little discouraged from how she was sort of received as a filmmaker like because especially like this and like Prince of Tides which we'll get into but like they're pretty for a first and second movie they're pretty solid like and I feel like if a man had directed the same movies, it would have been a completely different situation. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Yeah, well, like, and... Well, <laughs> Yentl... <laughs> yeah. Yentl is funny because if you hear her talk about Yentl, it's, it, there's so much passion behind it, but passion to the point of, like, unintentional comedy in a way. Like, she would talk about how I went to Europe to go look at the Rembrandt paintings because I wanted to see how brown the browns were and how black the blacks <laughs> were. And if you look at the black, it's not actually black. It's black mixed with brown. So when I was designing the movie, I wanted to look like a Rembrandt painting. So we had lots of muddled black. And she talked about, she like, like I mean, she talked about this one scene where she said she wanted there to be multiple sources of light so that you couldn't tell the source of the light in the scene because the students mm-hmm. were searching for enlightenment. So she wanted them to be, yeah, it's a lot, lots of that. Lots of, um, what, where would you have gone next for her at this point? You do Yentl, you know, what, 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 where would you go? I mean, I, I guess I would have, uh, hoped for more directing. Yeah. I, you know, like, it seems like the jump-off point. Yeah, and... Well, especially, like, yeah, she, like, won a Golden Globe. I think, well, I mean, I don't know, in, like, apparently Steven Spielberg, she showed the movie to Steven Spielberg, and he said it was, like, the best film debut since, like, Orson Welles with Citizen Kane. Like, he had, like, very nice things to say. Um, Wow. Yeah, like, he was a big fan. So I think there were people championing her, but, of course, you know, I'm sure they were not the you know, vast majority. But it was a huge hit. I mean, my, actually, my parents talk about they went to see Yentl on a date when they were getting to know each other. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad went to go see Yentl. I, I could not believe it. So, I don't know. I think it's good. I think it could have benefited from being either... Here's the thing, I would never take out the music. So I do think that the music is what makes it so great. But I think what maybe people latched on to was the like the whole it's only her singing. Like she is the entire it's a musical, yes. It's a musical of her. So maybe maybe it read like an ego project to some people, maybe. Um oh god, what's some cr- oh she told some crazy story once on an interview where she was in pre-production for Yentl, and of course her father passed away when she was, like, a baby. Like, I think she was, like, 18 months. She was, like, very, very young. So she never really knew her father. And she was still figuring out whether she was going to make this movie, if it was ever going to get made. And she took a picture with her dad's, like, uh, gravestone. And the next stone over 
it had the name Anchol, which is her boy name in Yentl. Oh man! And so she took that as like a like a oh I guess a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she dedicated it to her dad. I don't know. Do you have any any, any last thoughts? It just uh, she just always seems passionate about her character. Like her characters are always Jewish and portraying Judaism, mm. and it's just um, a great a great thing to see. I mean, now it's definitely more commonplace, but it wasn't at the time. Whoa, and yeah. uh, to have icons like that. Well, and it's a it's a beautiful. Uh, uh, exploring the jewish faith i mean it's it it really it's i mean yeah it's it's an unapologetically jewish movie um like Mm -hmm. other than fiddler on the roof it's our other big like jewish musical like mega musical Mm -hmm. so i mean i'm glad she made it i still i do think in terms of like iconic barbara i would say it's like like it up in the top i would like i think it's it's up there it's up there so okay so after this this is okay th- this mix of movies i gotta tell you stuff that she i can't even okay, <laughs> here we go so around the same time some maybe a little before but some after gentle she was offered or was heavily considered for roles in poltergeist to play the mom superman for lois lane uh, at one point, she was attached to a film adaptation of Avita when Avita was uh, on Broadway, and they were talking about making into a movie. She was up for it. Uh, Mask that uh, ends up being played by Cher. She was up for Little Shop of Horrors for Audrey, <laughs> and this is the most fascinating one. She wanted to star in Sophie's Choice so badly. That she literally went to the director and said, I will play the part for no money. They 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 went with uh who who is it? Uh oh Meryl Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. So we had to settle for Meryl Streep. What what do you think about this collection of titles? I think it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's wild. The most shiny one to me is poltergeist. Like truly what between that and the exorcist, like <laughs> I just don't these just they seem so out of left field. Yeah. Like, I mean, I well, no, I mean, I guess we see her in the, the big melodramas, but there's just, like, a tone that is required in horror movies that, I don't know, maybe she'd shake it up a little yeah. bit, but I just I just don't know that I could imagine her... It would it would completely shift the tone of the movie, of both movies. Well, you know what's funny? It's funny because I have the same thing where I go, like, oh, well, that wouldn't have worked. Like, that's that's not... that. that... Also... She would have been cursed. You know it's cursed. Yeah, the poltergeist curse, you know, it's for the best. It is for the best. Uh, if if mm-hmm. a, a listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google uh poltergeist curse and it will you ooh, it's a whole rabbit hole. But it's funny with her, I think of a lot of the movies that I read the stuff and go, like, Well, that's bonkers. I then think, well, I mean she might have been great, but she just didn't do stuff like this. So we just don't have yeah. Because like, there are parts of, like, the way we were and stuff where I go, like, wow, she has really good dramatic um, chops. Like, she, they are there. She just, she, her choice of films, I have to say, like, uh, just to get into it, it just was some weird choices here and there. Like, I just, I, I sort of think she had so many offers that she just, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Some of the stuff she did. As opposed to, th- granted, I did not need her as Lois Lane. Like I didn't need her. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need her Evita. Yeah, you know, like 
Yeah, well, that would have been it. <laughs> All I can think of for Lois Lane, maybe Lois Lane was like, they thought of her in the way we were, like in her suit with her hair and everything. We're like, oh, that could work. That could yeah. be a like, I mean, you know, she does that definitely can carry off that, like, no nonsense reporting. Yeah, type. I mean, they probably were like, yeah, it'll be like Katie Morofsky, but she's, and she, her, I mean, again, Yes, she might have been like older, but she still looked like thirty-two tops. Like she, she yeah. looked very, very young. You said a oh, little shop of horrors. That's also just that's that's a, that's a one. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Ellen Green is just like she just is that she character. Is. I'm like, so glad she got to do it. You know, there's no one else to do the film, to do that iconic film version. Like, it's just, I'm sure Barbara would have been great, but it just, like, it is her. That is her. I, I guess she would have been great, but, like, I just, ugh, yeah, like, I need that, I need that Ellen Green, like, that Ellen Green Smith's Like, just, you know, my God, like, her, that and, like, I remember she was in Rock-A-Doodle as, as the love entrance. Oh, like, oh love Rock-A-Doodle. Like, you know, I, I, I'm obsessed <laughs> with her, damn, like, I guess maybe that role wouldn't be so heavily tied to Ellen Green if she had done the movie. Like it would have been more, I guess, open to interpretation. No. But like, sure. But like, uh. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to be in that world. Uh, uh, I'm happy with the one we're in. So we're just gonna touch on this because it's too interesting not to like at least mention. But she then did a movie. Uh, in around the mid eighty, mid to late eighty, I think it was eighty seven, called uh, Nuts. Now he can sign a piece of paper saying I'm nuts, but it's only a piece of paper, and you can't make me nuts that way, no matter how many times you sign it. The patient was withdrawn, silent, almost catatonic, completely uncooperative. Person's a very weird guy. I flashed, and he wouldn't even look. Now, how about you, Levinsky? You weird too. It must be okay, I'm looking. Do you think I'm one of the guys trying to put you away? They don't pay you to turn me loose, do they? What do you guys do, work on commission? Do you want me to represent you in this competency hearing? I don't know, are you any good? You had good, now you got me. What do you want to do, put her back in the street, see who she kills next? Now don't bother anyone who doesn't bother me first, you get it? I think you broke his nose. So the day's not a total loss. Now this was a movie where mm-hmm. I feel like Barbara Streisand, from what I understand, was like, okay, that's it. I want another Oscar. I, I, I want to be taken seriously as an actress. So I'm going to do this adaptation of this play. It's going to be really good. It's juicy. She was supposed to be, she was playing a sex worker. Uh, the highest, one of the highest paid sex workers in New York City. Uh, who kills one of her uh, one of her uh, Johns, one of her one of her men's, uh, and she goes on trial to see if uh, she has the mental capacity to with withstand trial. Uh, I sent you um, some materials on this. What 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 were your thoughts? It's just it was too nuts to not at least uh, touch on. Yes, let's start with both the title and the scribbling of the title throughout the trailer, oh, no. which I think oh, is. Offensive. <laughs> well, they like, keep like writing it on the screen like it's in chalk. Right? It's like nuts. Like it's in chalk. Like it's a child or a serial killer. Oh, uh, it's and it's just like what? Oh, it's very weird. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, very weird. But then, oh, watching that courtroom scene, it is like, oof, it is like Barbara controlling the room. <laughs> it is very sexy. Oh, it is sex. Like, like she plays like ooh, yeah. sex. And like, I can't tell you, like, as an actor, how awkward it is to read things like that. Oh, <laughs> like, how, my God. How insanely uncomfortable it is to, like, really, like, take oh. that. And it takes it takes a lot of um, confidence and, like, comfort in your, in your, in, in just in sexuality and just being sexual to be able to, like, take it and, like, take control like that. I was like, this, this section is, like, <laughs> so opposite of this awful nuts, nuts. <laughs> Just like, like, like the title like cheapens it well, and so i don't know if i told you this but do you know who plays the john that like tries to attack her and that's why she kills him uh no. leslie nielsen of like the naked gun the airplane movie like oh my god Billy man leslie nielsen he wasn't a silly that was a huge turn for him though like he wasn't right he wasn't a silly man and then he did airplane and that's part of why it was so silly yeah because he was like like, trying to be like i'm still an actor see i can (laughs) attack well and she tried i will say she put together a class act for that like she had like it was like richard dreyfus it was, um, oh, who played her parents? They were really good. Oh, hold on. I'm just going to look it up because it was crazy. It was, oh, I, I'm driving me nuts. I can't, driving me nuts. I can't remember <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the final part of the trailer is just like, it's like a roll-in clip package of puns on nuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, yeah. This- so her parents, she got um, Maureen Stapleton, iconic actress Maureen Stapleton, and then Carl Malden played, uh, yeah, her stepdad, not her dad, but her stepfather. Um, but so she tried to put together a whole thing. Like, but here's what's <laughs> the thing that's fascinating: the role she played, she was like a not the first choice. I think I read they tried to offer it to um, to share to Michelle Pfeiffer to like deborah winger like men there's also the very awkward like basic instinct i guess does this does this predate basic instinct because you like okay because then like the basic instinct does it and then they do it but like she kind of like has her flip-flops up on the table and like just like awkwardly opens her legs it's very weird it's a strange moment oh here we go do you know what i'm talking about yeah she's like See something you like? <laughs> yeah, but it's like flip flops in the air, and there is nothing. I don't know how much less sexual you can get than flip flops. <laughs> well, and I remember, I remember, and like, you know, just like slightly bent knees, oh like, <laughs> like when you can't, you can't do the full. Stretch. Oh my god! And she's talking. I mean, she's trying to flirt with um that guy was so uh so weird. He wouldn't even look at me when I flirted with him, and then he's like, "Well, I must be okay because I'm looking." And I was like, oh, God, okay, that's weird. That's strange. <laughs> but, I mean, I do, th- I do think she ended up, I mean, especially, you know, I think she does channel the sexuality sure. of the role and everything. That she'll yeah, yeah. Uh, she, was, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Drama. 
you know, she she went. I think what it was, I think for audiences, it probably was just too different of a thing for them. Because she she's mm-hmm. never really played sex before, other than like a little bit in the way we were, and a little bit. Oh, well, I will say, her and Chris Christopherson. I may not like a Star Is Born, but they definitely, uh, you know, they're very comfortable with each other. So that's all, that's all I'll say. I mean, in the way we were, you see the moment of penetration when they have just played sex. Like, you see it in her eyes. <laughs> You're like, like you know the moment. But, uh, yeah, but a lot of the other roles, I think it's like a lot of, like, sexy comedy, comedy mixed with sexy. And this is just like, sex. yeah, dripping, <laughs> dripping well, dripping. Let's not use that word. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God. Oh God. Oh, yikes. Um, so <laughs> anyway, next for her was her next film directorial achievements. It's called The Prince of Tides from 1991. It was a big movie. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress. It was, it was very, very well received, though she was not nominated for Director. Like It was nominated for Best Picture, all the stuff. She was not nominated. Um, Billy Crystal actually had a like a little jab at it at the Oscars that year when he was hosting. Don't tell me not to make this film I've got to. If someone takes a flop, it's me and not you. I've simply got to make the film The Prince of Tides. I'll bring this book to the screen. Guess who will play Lowenstein? I'll tell Nick Nolte, stand there. Tight on my legs, nails and hair. Seven nominations on the shelf. Did this film direct itself? Um, what's up with that? Like, do you think it's just people not wanting to take her seriously? Like, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've seen similar things now with um, male comedians. Um, like thinking about, uh, particularly this year, Eddie Murphy and Adam Sandler for dramatic performances and not necessarily um, directing. But I mean, I think this happens, uh, well, I guess, or I guess um, Bradley Cooper with A Star Is Born, who is just like starting to make that mm-hmm. shift uh, into director. But I, I, I mean, I'm sure there is much more politics that deal with it. And specifically because she's a, a woman. Yeah, and she has that reputation I mean, for, oh, she's so particular. She's, you know. Yeah, but, like, where does that come from, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of that that just, like, ties into politics. Oh, yeah. Um, and the fact that, like, she was a successful and creative um, female Jewish artist at the time. Um, that, you know, I think a, a lot of times we see those kinds of stories and rumors coming out of a place to like hold hold females back. Oh, absolutely. And I it's funny, she's she's commented on it before and said, you know, I get called particular, you know, a bitch, all of this stuff. And she's like, I'm just an artist that has an opinion and I, I care about the things that I'm in. And if I was a man, I would just be seen as like, you know, 
a creative, but since I'm a woman, it's seen as particular, you know, difficult. And, and she says, she's like, I am very particular. She like, doesn't turn, she doesn't deny that, but she's like, but why am I not allowed to be particular, but men are allowed to, and they're just seen as like, oh, they're a genius. They're a genius. But if a woman does it, she's, she's a pain, you know? So, well, so the Prince of Tides, it's a cool, it's a weird movie. I mean, not weird in a bad way, but yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's a whole movie about like sexual trauma and stuff in a way. Like it's it's very dark. It gets <laughs> there's a scene at the end when you finally find out what Nick Nolte is so like, what his family is so uh, pent up about. Oh yeah, no, I Ooh! I'm aware of the plot. I'm aware of the plot line. Yeah, yeah. Like, first time I watched it, I went, "Oh my god!" Like I I because from the outside I thought, "Oh, it's like this guy he has an affair with his." sister's therapist like okay it's like you know another melodrama blah 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 oh it gets much deeper than that yeah uh though it's funny this movie i think out of any of her movies she looks the most um like what people think barbara shison always looks like she has like you know the the straight Mm -hmm. blonde straight straight blonde hair you know she's in her little suits um she, you know, she just ha- she looks like quintessential Barbara Streisand. Like when I when I thought of like '90s Barbara Streisand, like this movie is pretty much it. Um, also, famously, her actual son played her son. I don't know. It's 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 okay. It's for her her specifically because I guess that's what we actually care about as far as her like performance. It's not a bad performance. Why is she strapped down like that? I know you're upset, but her team felt she had to be restrained. Why? She has enough drugs in her to anesthetize a whale. Her team decides what medication... Oh, would you ne- quit calling them her team? Sounds like she's trying out for the New York Giants. What would you like me to call them? Let's be creative. Call them assholes. Well, let me tell you something about those assholes, Mr. Wingo. I'm very grateful to them because they saved your sister's life. Well, I don't like to see her I don't care down. what you like. She's still a threat to herself. And there's no point to any of this unless we can keep Savannah alive. And I don't care if it takes drugs or voodoo or reading the goddamn tarot cards, I want her alive. Do you understand me? You know when I'm not picking straw on my teeth, I'm a very smart man. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sound condescending. You're tough, Lonestine. And I'm starving. Any interest in lunch? Only if you let me pay. It's just like I think with this one in particular, out of all, because uh, <laughs> little trivia, every movie she's ever directed, she has also been the star of the movie she was directing. Um, and I do think out of out of her three films she directed, she starred in, it's definitely I think the weakest performance. But I also don't know mm-hmm. that that's not entirely intentional. I think she knew that the story wasn't about her it's not her yeah yeah, yeah. And I, I i think i actually kind of appreciate that she didn't try to beef up her part even more because it would have you know probably been uh, a little weird um but it is but it's just, it's just strange i don't know there's something about something about her acting in it where it just it feels a little i don't know i don't want to be trashing barbara streisand like not wooden or anything but just it's just eh, it's fine okay i don't know i also heard of a scene there's a scene where he's admiring her legs like he can't stop looking at her legs when he's in her office 
And I heard that she had a leg double. What? I heard she wanted her legs to look like extra sexy, and she had a leg double for this one scene. Okay. Yeah, isn't that weird? But also, I don't think she has bad legs. You know, I've, I've found a lot of women are very sensitive about their knees. Mm. This is a weird thing I've learned working in costuming and in retail yeah. that knees are very sensitive and i when you then you start looking at knees and all knees are weird is kind of the conclusion i've come to <laughs> knees are knees you know what i mean like who's like who's who sexy i was knees? just like it's just some knees who's who, who cares <laughs> who cares about you who cares? No so there was that and then after that she did the mirror has two faces which was another big break. She did the mirror has two faces 1996 again she directed. And this one from what I understand is that she just wanted to do like a romantic comedy. Like she just wanted to do a fun movie for once and apparently she just she really wanted to make a movie about falling in love. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's it's her and Jeff Bridges. It's very sweet. It's actually it's weird. Like I think her first two movies were such serious, like Oscar dramas. Like clearly, her like trying to like you know make herself have her stamp as an artist. Whereas this just felt like a really well made romantic comedy. Like it just why it's so enjoyable because it wasn't her yeah. obsessing over. I mean. Apparently Jeff Bridges, I watched him on Watch What Happens Live, and he was like, she was very particular. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's my spot on Jeff Bridges' impression. <laughs> she was very particular. That part was <laughs> yeah, and like, oh, but it has, but it does have her playing her mom when she was Oscar nominated. She did have Lauren Bacall, like basically oh, come yes. out of retirement to play her mom. And she's great. Like, it's, she's really good. Do you remember when I was a little girl? You used to tell me to um, push my nose up with my index finger so it wouldn't droop. I did not. Are you drunk? No. That's what you told me. It's funny, too, because I never would have thought I I wasn't pretty if it weren't for those things you said. If you've come home to say more cruel things to me, I'm going to bed. Mom? What? How did it feel? How did what feel? Being beautiful. Oh, stop. No, I mean it. How did it feel? Having people look at you with such admiration. Looking at yourself in the mirror with such appreciation. How did that feel? It was wonderful. Especially for, like, this movie. It's actually a performance that's, like, a little too good for the movie, in a way. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, ha, ha, it's, it's weird, because the whole thing... I don't want to say she's miscast in it, but she, it, the whole point of the movie is she's supposed to be this, like, frumpy, 
dumpy woman who's not very attractive and doesn't take care of herself and like oh what man would ever find me attractive because it's me and oh yeah and it's just she's just not also the college classroom she runs is cuckoo bananas (laughs) like i was like i can't i was like i i went to a liberal arts school and like that's no like also like i love all the stereotypical like 90s class students <laughs> who are like basically like fist pumping when she's like talking about love and like gothic literature oh, and i was just what classroom is this when she starts calling on the it's- students and they stand up just like oh there's one oh this one girl who has like glasses on and she's also like kind of frumpy and she was like, we're social, sociologically conditioned. <laughs> and then Barb is just like, no, but it feels good. And I'm like, you can't, that's not. Well, she says, I think it's because while you're in it, it feels fucking great. <laughs> and then they applaud. And she says, they thank you. And- thank you. As if she's giving us like a fate. <laughs> she's just leaping like- her class. <laughs> and like, oh, her class, like, it's like standing room only. There's so many people that want to like audit her. Class. Oh, because they all just want to hear Barbara say oh, very God. simple statements. Oh, well, because the whole thing is they show her to be like, oh, she's such an amazing teacher. And then they show Jeff Bridges and he's like, he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be like, he's attractive. She's not attractive. She's a great teacher. He's kind of stuffy. But can they just get a little of the other person? And then the big climax of the movie is... So they so they get married to have a sexless marriage to experiment yeah. of like do you really need sex can you just have companionship because they do get along and then she's but the thing is she's very sexually attracted to him he is not sexually attracted to her there you go so finally she like makes the moves on him one night and he just like turns her down very aggressively like he kind of almost throws her off the bed he's so desperate to get her away from him and so she does leave him as you would really happy that she does that and then he goes off on some lecture tour and while he's away she becomes the most beautiful woman in the world yeah it's like a montage of her working out getting her hair done (laughs) and the best shot of the whole movie the best shot of the entire movie is he comes back to their apartment and she's made dinner for him and she's not in the room. He's like, oh, <laughs> where are you? She's like, I'll be out in a minute. And then the camera does a slow pan up her feet, oh, up her legs, up her <laughs> cleavage yep. to reveal blonde stripe oh. And you see him go, oh, 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 you're wearing makeup. Like, he, like, loses his goddamn Well, and had he been, like, attracted to anyone else throughout the movie? Like, that was the thing, right? He was, like, sex complicates things. He just didn't want. Like, he would sleep with women. <laughs> he would sleep with women that he found attractive. And he was like, ah, oh, sex makes everything so complicated. Because he wouldn't have a personal connection with the women, but he would have sex with them. When I first started watching the trailer, I was like, wow, what a cool, progressive, like, view at, like, asexuality and, like, companionship and, like, sexual exploration. And then it was just um, so much not that. Oh, and what's funny, when when she has her makeover, 
it's like she, I mean, this isn't me saying Barbara Streisand isn't beautiful or anything like that, but she's treated as if like, holy shit. Well, that's how it always goes. Anytime I hear someone where like, they're like, oh, she's too pretty. And I was like, I'm just bullshit. Hollywood will put anybody in a big sweatshirt and a ponytail and say, you're ugly now. Like it's very. All she has, she has brown hair and she wears big sweaters. Her being ugly, quote unquote ugly. Brown hair and sweaters. Yeah, it's like, that's, like, how dare you? <laughs> how truly and, dare you? Well, because, like, the whole, there's a big subplot where she has a huge crush on There's her husband. Like, <laughs> her sister like there's a scene yeah there's a scene where they're at the mall and she was like Ugh. what's wrong nothing i'm just sick to death of the sight of the man i'm bound to for eternity that's all why are you saying that why am i saying that because no matter where i go no matter what i do there he is in the kitchen in the bathroom on the phone on my finger i was asleep the other night mm-hmm. and i wake up he's staring at me staring at you yeah i think that's sweet sweet i think it's kind of strange so, Mom said you can sing somebody pretty steady. She did? Is he cute? Mm. Oh, shit. What? Hi, girls. Oh, hi, Alex. Rose. What are you doing here? Well, I, uh, I thought I'd meet you for coffee. <laughs> Is that a terrible thing to do? Mm. Excuse me. Going to the ladies' room alone. I was just like, well, now, you know, today I'm like, wow, you're not even ready for quarantine, baby. Oh, they were not a quarantine-ready couple, her and her Mm -hmm. husband. Should be said, it's Mimi Rogers, who you'll know as um, Agent Kensington from Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, so loved seeing her. But then when Barbara Streisand has her makeover, her sister had divorced Pierce Brosnan, and Pierce Brosnan sees Barbara Streisand and is like, Oh my! <laughs> you know, I always had a crush on you, and then it's like, no, you didn't. No, you no, didn't. You didn't. You. And if you did, fuck you. You were married to her sister. Yeah. Um, and then she just ends up with uh, Jeff Bridges at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There. He's like, you are beautiful. I always thought you were beautiful, and it's like that. And you're like, I hate, I hate that. I hate it when the guys like. I always thought you were beautiful. I'm like, well, you had a very particular way of showing Which was the opposite. Namely, not showing it ever. Yeah, I don't know. It's cute. It's a, I do recommend it to people. It's a cute little movie. It has, it has a pretty good screenplay for a rom-com. But it has the usual rom-com tropes, you know. But, 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 you know. <laughs> then, after that, that's, I mean, I don't want to say that's the end of her career, but that was the last big movie where she was, like, the star. That was kind of the end of her being... So after this, there's not a lot, but, like, I did find... Uh, the only major thing I read that was interesting is she was offered to direct the film adaptation of Chicago before they went to Rob Marshall. I think that could have been really exciting, just, like, a trajectory of her directing yeah. big musicals. Um I would hope yeah. she wouldn't have cast herself as. I don't think she was going to be. Yeah, but it, just no. I mean, she so clearly I... has the eye of a director and just like knows musicals and knows knows theatricality. So like, I think that could be a really yeah. cool, just like come in this now time. I mean, Chicago by Rob Marshall is amazing, but you know. No, yeah, it's she. 
Yeah, and it's like so female heavy. I think it could have been interesting to see how she would have told that story. Yeah. The next big thing, 2004, she was in Meet the Fockers, directed by Jay Roach. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a big thing for her, where she kind of was like, well, they're offering me a decent amount of money. I'm not the star. So I don't have, like, apparently, she's, apparently, as she's gotten older, she is kind of in a stage of, I just want to enjoy myself now. I've worked really hard for most of my life. So now I'm very lazy. <laughs> I get to wear comfortable clothes, I get to be funny. Uh, she got so to fun. My God, you're knotted like a pretzel. You must be in a lot of pain, huh? I don't mind pain. I learn from pain. Pain, schmain. My fingers are magic. Come on, let me work out the kinks. Oh, yeah, that's a lovely offer, Jack. Uh, no, thanks. I'll be fine. My, my wife does wonderful oh, body work, my... Jack. I don't think he needs it. <laughs> okay, handsome. Shirt off. I'd rather have it on, thank you. Oh, no dice. No, no, no. It has to come off. <laughs> Lovely. You know, most back pain is psychological. We carry our emotional baggage right here in our muscles. I've been watching you, Jack, studying your body language. And you're a very sensual man. But I'm not sure you realize that. What are you doing? It's a technique I learned in Hawaii. It's a lomi lomi massage, named after the gentle waves of the Polynesian Sea. The waves go in, and the waves go out. The waves go in. Whoops, hit some driftwood. So funny. I do think it's the first thing I ever saw her in. And I remember thinking, oh, that woman, very funny. Woman who plays the mom, very funny. And and then now I'm like, that's fucking barbaric. <laughs> And it was her, and I think the other big thing is they told her that Dustin Hoffman was going to play her husband, and they had known each other. They had known each other actually going super far back. They went to the same acting school in New York City, like in the early 60s, and she worked as a babysitter for her scholarship, and he worked as a janitor (laughs) for the building. Like, they, they were, yeah, early beginnings. And I do think it's her last great movie. Yeah. Movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a great... I mean, I think it reintroduced her to modern audiences. I think you can see kind of with the kind of comedy she did and like even in the, the comedy in, in the romances that, that she did, you can see where this is the trajectory for her. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in her natural wheelhouse of abilities that people forgot she even had. Mm-hmm. So from there, the last two things she's done were a follow-up to Meet the Fockers called Little Fockers, which is not as good. I think, I think, I remember this at the time. She wasn't even originally going to be in the movie. And then fans heard that they were not going to be in the movie and pretty much said, oh, well, this is garbage. <laughs> like, why would you make this? And so they called them in for reshoots and literally just wrote scenes of them being in the movie. And that's how they're in the movie. That's star power, baby. And then last thing is she was in The Guilt Trip with Seth Rogen. And I believe that was like 2012. 2012? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. And she's very good in it, but it's, I don't know. It was a fine movie. 
Um, like for I mean, me as a Barbara fan, I was excited just to see her in a big mm-hmm. movie. Oh, oh, really interesting trivia I did say. Apparently, they were so sure that she would get nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Comedy because you know she's Barbara Streisand that they had already started making a billboard for the guilt trip oh saying Barbara, yeah, well, and then she was not nominated. And so they took because oh. she's like a Golden Globes baby. Like she's won a lot of Golden Globes. Like they, the Golden Globes love. Barbara yeah. Jackson. Did you see the Gotcha? No, and I can't believe I haven't seen it because you should see it. I think it would remind you of your mom, actually. Yeah. Well, and I also I like Seth Rogen a lot. I mean, his obviously. Oh, he's cute. He's very. And fun. obviously, his comedies have evolved with the times. So sometimes you go back to those older ones, and I don't know if they necessarily hold up as well. But I do think yeah. that. He's one of those writers who kind of um, listens and learns. Maybe the reason it didn't work for most people is because he usually was playing like a stoner, slacker, you know, you know, the the sloppy best mm-hmm. friend, blah, blah, blah. Where in the guilt trip, he plays like a very stuffy, buttoned up guy. Like it's a, So I think maybe audiences were like, well, this isn't what we find funny for him. <laughs> and then you get Barbara Streisand, who most people of, you know, a younger generation are like, oh, oh, that lady. You little shit. Mm. You condescending, self-absorbed little shit. I can't do anything right by you, can I, Andy? Everything I say is wrong, everything I do is wrong. Go ahead. Why don't you keep insulting me? Because you haven't made it quite clear just how much you can't stand being with me. What do you think? I'm stupid? You think I'm stupid? No. You think I don't know that you went to school in California so that you'd only have to see me once a year? Why, Andy? Why? What did I do wrong? What did I do? Did I care for you too much? Did I love you too much? What did I do? What did I do? It's not okay. This is the way you talk to me? Like I'm some thing that has to be tolerated? Well, let me tell you something, kiddo. You don't have to like me or spend time with me. But as long as I'm your mother, you will treat me with respect. Now drink your fucking water before you drop dead from dehydration. And I, I will say the the only reason I think she did the guilt trip um, is because she also had talked for many years about making a film remake of Gypsy, the Broadway musical Gypsy, playing Mama mm-hmm. Rose. And I feel like she probably did the guilt trip to be like, "See, I can still carry a movie." Yeah. And then it it was, I did see it in the theater. I paid money to see it. I tried to contribute. <laughs> And she never made Gypsy. No, it never happened. That that thing hit so many so many speed bumps. Oh no! Do you have thoughts on the whole the Gypsy of it all? Can't I can't. What what are some of the speed bumps? Well, so she wanted to. She originally she wanted to direct it and star in it, and and then Arthur Lawrence, who wrote the book to Gypsy, also wrote the script to um, uh, the way we were. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I remember him just not thinking it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. He thought she wasn't quite right for the role and so said no. Then she went back to him and said, you know, here's why I think I could do it. He then changed his mind and said, okay, I guess I'm fine with it. Then he died and he, I think, owned the rights oh. to it. So then they couldn't get the rights. 
Then Stephen Sondheim, who wrote the music, said he wasn't sure if it would work. Then he came around. I think just too much time went by. I think it was like with every year, she was only getting older, you know, and she already was going to be like too old for the part, just just to be yeah. real. I, I mean, there is... I don't know. I she I think she surprises like she continues to surprise throughout her film career, but I think mm-hmm. there is just you know, some people just like have an aura and a presence about them when they enter a room and she is so grand that I think it would have been hard to redirect that energy to Mama Rose. Cuz I I don't know. I don't think we should necessarily see a star in her yeah you just i mean yeah the whole point is that she wanted to be a star and she i mean i guess i don't know i guess it depends some people yeah. think that she probably had the talent but she was the wrong time blah, yeah blah, like you know. but it's also i don't know i think there is when you get to that point where you haven't there is a desperation and i just feel like sometimes when we watch shows where like that's the theme like you, you know there's some people where you're like no no but like when you're like that, you like you made it. Surprise, surprise! Like there are lots of talented people out there, but then when you see those people who have that like certain energy, it's it's. I think it's undeniable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So okay, so overall, how do you how do you feel about her career? Like, I guess better question of the roles we discussed that she turned down or was considered for. Which one would you most have wanted to see her do? Like, hmm. I mean, honestly, I feel like it would have been to direct Chicago as much as like I don't want to lose Rob Marshall's Chicago I think I would have liked to see her I'm because the thing is I think when you look through these roles like uh like all the Jane Fonda movies like I want to see Jane Fonda there okay you know what no I'm gonna I'm gonna say Superman I would have I think I really would have a Lois a Barbara Lois Lane I just I love seeing really I want to see yeah it. I want to see like that kind of confidence in this woman who is you know alongside Clark Kent I I just I I like when I see yeah. powerful powerful actresses in these iconic characters well she can play romance like I, th- I think actually she could have been great because she would have with with the right director and the right styling mm-hmm. and everything I actually think it could have been because I do imagine like I always think of her in the look from the way we were, where she sees him in the bar with the red nails and everything. If you trim those nails and make them more conservative nails, that's almost the lowest lane kind of look. For me, I think the the thing I'm most intrigued by, yeah, and I'm not even sure if it would have been obviously better than the person who did it, but I would have loved to have seen what she would have done with Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Uh, the Scorsese movie, Ellen Burstyn played it, just because it's such a different part than she has done, really. It would be interesting to see an uh, yeah an alternate world where she played that. Like, So to wrap up, I think Icon for sure. Mm-hmm. I just wish she had gotten more. I just wish she had said yes to more things, you know? Yeah, I think from what she said she wanted, I think her, path could, her career could have gone on that path, but I think so many of the roles she played are inseparable from her closing question which of her roles could you not see anyone else in and it's a few of them yeah i agree like i can't see anyone else playing fanny bryce (laughs) for sure i can't see anyone else in the way we were i mean who who else would do (laughs) gentle 
you yeah. know? Um, yeah, because when you read, like, trivia on people that almost played those roles, it's like, well, that's fun. Like, I know they, they looked at Shirley MacLaine for Funny Girl. You know, that's, that's, well, come on. I love Shirley MacLaine, but come on. Look, I'm <laughs> crazy. So... This is fun. I had a, I good, had a good time. I had a good time, too. I feel like I'm actually, like, really starting my film education with this oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam, again, for being on the first episode. And listeners, you can follow Samantha at Samantha LeBrock on Instagram and me at Zachary with no H on Instagram. And you can follow the podcast at In Another World Pod on Instagram and on Twitter at IAW Podcast. Now, before I let all you lovely people go, I just want to take a moment to say I think escaping to a world of fantasy. And this crazy world we're living in is so important. But I think it's also important to stay connected in those times as well. And I just want to give a little list of a few organizations that if you are fortunate enough to have some extra money and you're willing to donate, well, I think they could use your help. We have the Innocence Project, Reclaim the Block, and as it is Pride Month, I think it is always wonderful to donate to the Trevor Project, which is an amazing organization for LGBTQIA youth or anyone in the community that needs help. I think it is so important to ask for help and have someone to talk to in those tough times because we all have those tough times when we're not feeling our most fabulous and we just need our community to come together and get us back to feeling our most feisty. So one last segment before I bid you adieu is one called The Last Actress That Made Me Feel Something. And this week, the award for that goes to, well, collectively, the women of the film The Color Purple, which I did rewatch this past week. And my god, the last five minutes of that film, ugh, crocodile tears every single time I watch. If you have somehow not seen The Color Purple, what is wrong with you? Go watch that movie. It is truly a masterpiece with an amazing cast. And... If you could please rate and review the podcast as I'm just starting out and I could use any love and support you're willing to throw at me. And I hope you will all return for the next episode, which I am already, I've got some great ideas. I'm very excited to see where this journey will take me. And thank you so much for going on it with me today. Bye. Bye.